Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. It's time now for the song that changed my life. Some of our favorite artists talking about the music that made them who they are. Up next is Billy Idol. Yes, that Billy Idol, Rebel Yell, White Wedding, Dancing With Myself. Idol is a showman and a hard-working one. He tours all the time, all around the world. He's also a prolific recording artist. Just this past September, he released a brand new EP called Cage. Screaming in isolation Walking through desolation Alley Ordered up our ambitions Flooded out all the engines I've been punching through the walls I've been living on the edge I've been fighting with my demons So long they become my friends The zombies out the window say it's finally the end So I'm kicking down my door and never closing it again When we asked Billy Idol about the song that changed his life We didn't really know what to expect Maybe something by the Ramones or the Stooges or James Brown Instead, Idol took us back to 1954 one of the first songs Elvis Presley ever recorded. That's all right. I'll let Billy Idol take it from here. Hi, this is Billy Idol, and this is the song that changed my life. Well, that's all right, Mama. That's all right for you. That's all right, Mama. Just any way you do it, that's all right. That's all right. The first time I heard Elvis's That's All Right, Mama was probably in the early 70s. I hadn't really heard a lot of the very, very early Elvis stuff that he recorded on the Sun label because it wasn't so easy to get hold of. And um, But I was never really a massive fan of Elvis because, like, Elvis was kind of already old, you know, to me. Like, you know, when and then I, I saw one of his movies, it was Tickle Me or something. Do you know that this is a ghost town with real ghosts? The old prospectors say that on stormy nights, the ghosts of the old timers come down from Boot Hill and really whoop it up in these old buildings until dawn. You seen these ghosts, I presume? Oh, no. <laughs> That's only legend. But, well, lots of cities have legends, so why not one for little old Silverado? Hey, do you know that Jenny Lynn sang here? Jenny Lynn? Swedish Nightingale? Uh-huh. I was really little and, you know, you look, you, I was into music, so you're looking for songs and it was like Elvis was already old or something, even though he was probably only 26, 27 or 28 or something, you know. But my sister really loved Elvis and um, she would listen to Elvis and Neil Diamond and the Monkees, so I know all the Monkey songs and all of Neil Diamond songs. <laughs> I know... You know, a daydream believer and stuff with the monkeys. So. 
Anyway, that's how I know. I know a lot of songs. I know that kind of stuff because of my sister. Yeah, it's funny. And then she probably knows some of the weird stuff I was listening to, you know, like, <laughs> some of the prog rock stuff or some of the punk rock stuff I was listening to. When she was uh, 14, I was 18, um, I took her to an Elvis convention because I just was trying to be a nice brother for once. Of course, we, I walked in. It was in Croydon in, in South uh, London, Croydon. Really, there was just a load of uh, kind of memorabilia and a load of pictures, really. It wasn't really anything that exciting, you know. But then uh, halfway through the afternoon, they started to show TV performances in chronological order. And it started with uh, Baby Let's Play House. And so it was starting with this rockabilly stuff, which I'd never heard. I'd never heard Elvis's rockabilly stuff. <laughs> and of course, he was dressed, he looked like he was a gangster or something, because in black and white, it looked like he had a black shirt with a white tie with a... You know, I think it was green. Was actually, when you see colour, when you see it, you know, pictures of it, he's actually wearing a green jacket with a green tie, but it looked black and white, but he looked like a gangster or something, singing Baby Let's Play House. Come back, baby, I want to play <laughs> And then they went through in chronological order. It was Baby Let's Play House and then uh, Shake, Rattle and Roll, and, and then uh, then it started to be more like his, his hits, like, you know... Uh, I suppose Outbreak Hotel and um, Love Me Tender, and then soon after that, I heard That's All Right, Mama. Well, that's all right, Mama. That's all right for you. That's all right, Mama. Just any way you do that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. So I went back and started to listen to his. Um, his, his son stuff, you know, this very early stuff. And then this first recording, this is what That's All Right Now Mama is. It's the first recording. And it was, they were just, uh, they were looking for a style, really. Um, Sam Phillips, the producer, was looking for a style. He didn't, he, was, he knew, he was looking for some guy uh, where he could, to appropriate, really, black culture. And, and he was looking for a white guy who could ape black culture, really take, black music into the mainstream by being white really that's what he was looking for and of course in front of him he had Elvis Presley but he didn't realize that Elvis didn't need to copy black music he'd grown up alongside black music in fact he'd grown up he was poorer than the black kids around him they lived lived on some housing estate where they were they were poorer black kids around him and so Elvis was growing up with the same culture really the same same values everything so uh, Sam Phillips didn't quite realise, but in front of him he had the answer. They were looking for this style, what sort of style Elvis could be, and they were going through every kind of song in the world. I think they went through millions of songs, they weren't getting anywhere. And then the producer was almost giving up, and I think they were just sort of horsing around in the studio, kind of in between on a break, really, when they, they were, I think Elvis, just, for, just to break the tension went into that's all right now mama and the other two guys bill black and uh, scotty moore the guitar player picked it up and next minute it was roaring along and sam phillips in the control room just went this is this is it this is what i'm looking for 
this is this black music by a white guy that's kind of country, it's kind of black, it's kind of country, it's a bit of everything. It's This is it, this is what I'm looking for. He came into the studio, supposedly, and said, well, what are you doing? And they went, oh, that's all right, Mama, it's a blues song, really. We're jumping up, we sort of jumped up this blues song. And he said, well, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And I think when we listen to this recording, that's what you're listening to. You're listening to them, like the beginning of the recording is kind of incredible because they kind of just slip into it. Well, that's all right, Mama. That's all right for you. That's all right, Mama. There's no kind of counting. You don't feel that someone's gone one, two, three, four. It's like they just slip into the song. And it's one of the most incredible beginnings in rock and roll ever because, because there is no counting, because there is no feeling of... It's as if the song has never stopped, as if it's always been playing somewhere. They've always been playing it, the three of them, forever somewhere. And we've just suddenly listened. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right, Mama, anyway, do. After listening to tons and tons of rock and roll, and then you hear this, one of the very first rock and roll songs, and it starts off so organically, and so just slides in like butter. It's just, and then they're in the groove. I'm leaving town, baby. I'm leaving town for sure. Well, then you won't be bothered with me hanging round your door, but that's all right. It's all right. Yeah, somehow the uh, that that slap echo it kind of makes Elvis seem a bit otherworldly or something like he's he's just on top of the track just like joyously. can tell they they've they've found they found this thing they're looking for and I, I can only imagine what sam phillips was doing i just i can only imagine he must have been like actually going through the roof like this is incredible i found it it's the power of rock and roll that's what you're kind of hearing in a way the power of people discovering rock and roll and how freeing it is there's a free element there's something about they f- they sound free in this moment of them playing somehow and it's all very simple as well. I think that was the other thing about it. It's so simple, but it's saying so much in a way. It's saying things that aren't even in the lyrics. You know, that's that's the feeling you get. And that's what the feeling you always got with rock and roll music, that there's there's more being said than are just in the lyrics, you know, somehow. Back in the 70s when uh, I was starting to be in uh, punk rock groups, you know, Elvis wasn't cool at all. Yeah, there wasn't, uh, there was quite a lot of groups who uh, weren't fashionable to, to punk rockers. I mean, uh, you know, I, I did find myself at times defending um, certain aspects of some of the earlier groups, say Elvis or the Beatles or the Rolling Stones a little bit because I had listened to their early music and uh, I knew how great it was. 
And uh, of course, there's a lot of other people really in punk were just as into the old music, you know, really. Um, it's just one of those things, it was year one of a revolution, so we were going to say what we are going to say, and we're going <laughs> to spit all over everything we could, really. That was part of it. But at uh, the same time, I don't think people lost sight of what was really good about things. But yeah, a lot of punk rock people hated Elvis. You know, it's just the way it was, you know. How did it change my life as a musician, as a performer? Well, I think one of the things, it just fired you up. That was the thing. I think, you know, I... It was a bit of an epiphany, seeing this music, realizing this early music he'd done that was so different from those rotten movies that uh, I'd sort of been introduced to first. You know, it was just, that was so exciting. And it was just another sort of building block of rock and roll, really, that came down to what were we doing in punk, but going back to that era, really, going back to the rockabilly era in some ways. We were, we were going back to the simplistic time when you said a lot with the least. And this, that was very much a punk rock thing. We're going to bring it back to square one. We're, we're, we're trying to go back somehow to, to what was pure about the music in the first place. Just because we were looking for initial inspiration and we, to, to go back beyond what had happened in the 60s, you really had to go back to the 50s. That early rockabilly scene and kind of get the simplicity of it yet yet the heart that's in it is huge you know it's all right it's all right now, mama anyway do ah da da dee 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 I need your loving it's all right Billy Idol on the song that changed his life, That's All Right, by Elvis Presley. As I said before, Billy Idol tours constantly. He has a residency coming up at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas. We'll have information about that on the Bullseye page at MaximumFun.org. Before we go, here's one more song from Billy Idol's newest EP, Cage, Rebel Like You. That's the end of another episode of Bullseye. Bullseye is created from the homes of me and the staff of Maximum Fun in and around greater Los Angeles, California. 
At my house, I'm scrambling to save parking spaces out front because it is uh, my son's ninth birthday and there's a video game truck coming. It turns out it's really long. Our show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our senior producer is Kevin Ferguson. Our producers are Jesus Ambrosio and Richard Roby. Our production fellow at Max Fun is Tabitha Myers. We get booking help from Merritt Davis. Our interstitial music is by Dan Wally, a.k.a. DJW. Our theme song is called Huddle Formation. It was written and recorded by the Go Team, thanks to them and to their label, Memphis Industries. They have a brand new single out, by the way. Go check it out. Bullseye is also on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Find us there. Give us a follow. We'll share with you all of our interviews. And I think that's about it. Just remember, all great radio hosts have a signature sign-off. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR.